Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of Men Alive. Dr. Jim. Time for a quick Bible quiz. If you just tuned in, listen carefully. I am going to read a list of men that the Bible says were leaders of the children of Israel. These men were and are extremely famous. I did this one time at a meeting with church leaders and said, when you recognize the leader's name that I read, out, stand up, but do not say anything. I will ask you to tell us who is this man and why is he famous. Ready? And I began to read the names out loud, slowly. Here we go. Number one, Shamua, son of Zakur. Shaphat, son of Hori. Egal, son of Joseph. Palti, son of Raphu. You should have seen the puzzled looks on their faces. <laughs> they began looking at each other and raising their eyebrows. Do you know who it is? No, no, he has me puzzled. I kept reading the names. Gadiel, son of Sodi. Gadi, son of Sushi. Amiel, son of Gamili. Sethur, son of Michael. Now one stood up. I could see they were getting visibly exasperated and anxious. Finally, one pastor interjected. What version of the Bible are you reading from? I said, hold on a minute, my brothers. There are four more names. Each one is named as a leader in all versions of the Old Testament. Nabi, son of Vopshi, Giaul, son of Maki, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. As soon as I said Caleb, son of Jephunneh, two or three leaders jumped to their feet, and as I said, number 12, Joshua, son of Nun, they all jumped to their feet. Sounds like they'll remember that lesson. These were the 12 spies sent to explore the land of Canaan after the children of Israel had been delivered out of Egypt. Right on. Their names are found in Numbers 13. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Numbers 13.1. Then in Numbers 13.3 says, All of them were leaders of the Israelites. Remember, over 600,000 men over the age of 20 had been freed as slaves from Egypt, plus women and children. So somewhere over 2 million people were ready to enter the land promised to them by God. As they approached the land, each of the twelve tribes chose one leader from their tribe who would go into the land of Canaan for forty days, spy out the land, come back, and give a report. You have to admire these twelve leaders. They were brave guys going for forty days into enemy territory, off the map, so to speak, where none of them had ever been before. That took courage. I agree, Pablo. In the Bible story, Moses gave the twelve spies instructions to follow. Where to explore, bring back samples of the crops you see, as well as questions to answer. Are the people strong or weak, few or many? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? So they went up and explored. When they came to the valley of Eskol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them, plus samples of pomegranates and figs. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned and reported it was indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, and they showed it. 
But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are fortified and large. We even saw giants there. Then Caleb said, Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But ten spies who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against those giants. All the people we saw were huge. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. Jim, this story reminds me of the Chinese word for crisis. It's made up of two characters. One is the character for the word danger. The other is the character for the word opportunity. In their mind, a crisis contains both a danger and an opportunity. Ten spies said, we have a danger ahead of us, huge giants. Two spies said, we have an opportunity ahead, the land our God promised us. The children of Israel had a crisis. Ten of their strongest, most popular leaders just said, we can't go in, they're stronger than we are. In fact, compared to them, we felt like grasshoppers. The people listening were terrified by the report. Focusing on the danger immobilizes us with fear. Focusing on the opportunity energizes us with faith. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. Jim, what does the Bible say about the resolution of this crisis? The Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints against me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites were making against me. Now tell them this, As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness, because you complained against me, Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jehunah, and Joshua, son of Nun. Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must now wander in the wilderness for 40 days years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover what it is like to have me for an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired against me. They will be destroyed here in the wilderness, and here they will die. The ten men Moses had sent to explore the land The ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. Think about these twelve men, especially the ten the Lord struck dead. They were all leaders with recognized leadership skills. Each had the approval of the people to be their leader and were trusted and respected by the people. They were men of influence, able to persuade people with obvious communication and organizational skills. So what went wrong? Ten strong leaders, but they were filled with fear and disobeyed God's command. May I say this gently, men, because I am speaking to myself. These leaders were the elders, the spiritual wise men of their generation. 
Collectively, they were making decisions that affected the destiny of over 2 million men, women, and children. 10 out of 12 is an impressive 83% majority. In a democracy, that would be a strong mandate, a landmark approval rating. Caleb and Joshua were a mere 17% minority opinion, but they knew the mind of the Lord. Men, morality is never established by a majority vote. We serve a living God in heaven who made us and makes the rules by which we live. God plus one is a majority vote. In the New Testament, after Christ rose from the dead and returned to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to begin his church. Again, God wanted full commitment to his plan. No deception, no false teachers. Just as the children of Israel were delivered from bondage in Egypt, so the early church was delivered from the bondage of Jewish legalism. This was to be a new beginning, like entering the promised land. The church age was about to begin. What happened? Along came Ananias and Sapphira, a converted Jewish couple. They had become followers of what's called the way as Christians were called in that day. They decided to join with other Jews who were selling properties and giving money to help the thousands of Jews who were facing financial needs because of their decision to become Christ followers. Whatever the reasons, the money was needed. But Ananias and Sapphira contrived in their heart, just as the ten spies did in our first story, to misrepresent the truth and tell a lie. Yes, they said, we sold it for this amount, but that was only half of the money they received. Listen to what happened as Paul reads from Acts chapter 5. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard about what had happened. Wow! Lying to the Holy Spirit has consequences. Like the ten spies, Ananias and Sapphira took their own trajectory away from the plan of God, and God stepped in to secure the future for both Israel and the church. In Isaiah 55, 5, God said, Your thoughts are not my thoughts. People in both stories knew what was expected of them. When Jesus heard Peter plan something that was contrary to God's will, Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. 
Men, we must first know from Scripture what God wants. Then, if the action is God-honoring, vote yes. Otherwise, vote no. G.K. Chesterton said, The greatest ones in any nation will contradict their generation. Men, be a Joshua, be a Caleb, get on God's side. God plus one is a majority vote. There you have it, men. A majority human vote may not always be a biblically correct response to what God has commanded us to do, but God plus one is a majority vote. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim. His address is menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at goteachglobal.com. There you'll find background information about Dr. Jim, and the second page gives you an opportunity to listen to any or all of the many Men Alive recorded programs. You can help us make a difference. Go to goteachglobal.com today. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be Men Alive, transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Thank you.